Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. It is Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance, Sirius XM Channel 80, ESPN2, ESPNU, and the ESPN app. Our great stations around the country, along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen, with you. I don't know in sports history, and people could tweet at me, at Evco Radio, E-V-C-O Radio, for some answers on this, and we could sprinkle them in. I don't know that we have ever seen a higher high into a lower low from an on-field, on-court, on-ice perspective in as short a period of time as we saw last night. The high of Aaron Rodgers running on that football field, Monday Night Football, for the New York Jets after being traded from the Packers to the Jets in April, running on the, on the field with the American flag, mm-hmm. and then four plays in with not a single completion, right? It was 0 for 1, getting injured, and now potentially, I don't want to speculate too much, but doesn't look good for him playing again this year. I, I can't remember a moment in sports history, guys, that had a higher high into a lower low that quickly. Yeah, I, honestly, the, I, I mean, I'm putting everybody the, on the spot, the, including myself. The, the, I have no the idea. The only thing that comes to mind that's remotely close was the 2019 NBA Finals when you're talking about Kevin Durant coming back from the calf injury. But he right, was already hurt. That's right the before, thing, right? Right before yeah. he tore his Achilles. I mean, well, Aaron Rodgers was, was hurt earlier in the offseason with the calf injury. We didn't expect that it would look this way, but we also didn't expect that the offensive line was going to be good enough to keep Aaron Rodgers clean all season long. And we said all offseason – that the Achilles heel, no pun intended, yeah. for this Jets team would be their offensive line in the irony that their offensive line allowed their quarterback to get hit and injure his Achilles is, I, I don't know, I, I guess it's one of those moments where it's a gut punch. And so now if you're the Jets, if you're Rob Sala, you have to find a way to regroup and send the messaging to your team that you can still be competitive and you can still come close to accomplishing some of the goals that you set out to earlier in this offseason. I just don't know how you do that after seeing Aaron Rodgers, a former four-time MVP, go down after four plays. I I just don't know what Rob Sala says to his team once they make the announcement that Aaron Rodgers is going to be done for the season. We will rally around Zach Wilson and we'll play good football. The old Dick Vermeil, Kurt Warner, greatest show on turf line. I don't know. What else but do you, you pull know, out? But you know what? We heard that last year. We heard <laughs> we're going to rally around Zach Wilson last year. And it started out great for the first half of the season. And then you're talking about them losing six games in a row. So you just wonder how much confidence that Jets locker room has in the growth and development of Zach Wilson. Now, I think they're – is a little bit of that Rodgers effect, and we saw that in Hard yes. Knocks, the belief in ourselves that we can accomplish something great. We can, we deserve to have Super Bowl aspirations based on the talent in the room because a guy that's won a Super Bowl is telling us that we're good enough. I do think that will still remain in the building to some degree, but I just wonder what happens once this team inevitably hits adversity with quarterback play because with Aaron Rodgers, you are guaranteed to get 17 games of competent quarterback play. You can't say that with any degree of confidence about Zach Wilson. There's still a relative unknown. Well, he turns 40, he being Rodgers, on December 2nd. Mm-hmm. So if he is unfortunately potentially out for the year with a torn Achilles, he is going to have to do this rehab at 40 years old. 
CeCe, I assume this rehab is difficult at 20 years old. Yeah. I can't imagine how difficult it is at 40. Well, different sport, but think about how long Kevin Durant was out. He missed an entire calendar year. He missed an entire season with his injury. It took him two years to get back healthy. And so from players that I've talked to that have had similar injuries, Terrell Suggs being among them, like this takes some time to recover from. You're not yourself until two years after the injury. So if you're Aaron Rodgers, that puts you at, what, 42 years old? Oh my Are you still going to be playing football at that point? And, and based on where your body is at, can you play at a level that's representative of what we've seen throughout the 18-plus years of your career? Probably not, which is why I lean toward your position, Smalls, that that was probably the last time we saw Aaron Rodgers on a football field. This is nightmare fuel for Jets fans. Can you imagine waking up this morning as a Jets fan? Yes, I know that they won the game last night in an exciting fashion. Yes, I know they have an outstanding defense and they have a lot of weapons and a lot of great personnel on this team. You have waited so long for this moment. This is an organization that hasn't been to the playoffs since 2010. You've been looking for that franchise quarterback for years. You're coming off Arguably the greatest offseason your organization has ever had. You have a multiple-time MVP, a Super Bowl champion. He's coming in to lead you to the promised land. He had a perfect offseason, and it was in the spotlight. It was on Hard Knocks. We all got to watch it play out in real time. He's deferring money. He's mentoring everybody. They're bringing in Nathaniel Hackett to work with him. Everything is going your way. He runs out on that field with the American flag. Four plays later, he's out. I just can't imagine being able to turn the page from this. And now we're sitting here this morning talking about his career potentially being over. It's it, it's the worst luck possible. It's yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, but they're going to have to turn the page. And this is when you're going to have to lean on veterans like Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb, guys that you've brought over that have experience competing in the playoffs, competing at a high level, because they're going to have to bring some of that experience to the offensive side of the ball. I'm not worried about the Jets' defense. They got all pro players on all three levels. The Jets' defense is going to be one of the best defenses in the National Football League. The goal of the offense should be don't make those guys be on the field for 40 minutes a game. Can we put together drives? Can we get first downs? Can we stay on schedule as an offense with Zach Wilson as our quarterback? I think that will be the toughest test. And then what happens when defenses decide that they're going to try to shut down the run game? When they're going to load the box, seven, eight, maybe even nine-man fronts, can Zach Wilson win when he's got one-on-one coverage on the outside with his receivers? That will tell the tale in terms of what the Jets' ceiling for this upcoming season is going to be. If he can do that – if he can get the football to Garrett Wilson, to Alan Lazard, and all of those receivers in those circumstances, then the Jets will be okay. They're not going to be Super Bowl contenders, but they'll be in the mix for a playoff spot. But if Zach Wilson can't be a competent NFL quarterback, then all of a sudden we're talking about more of the same from the first two years of his career. The ripple effects of this injury are so massive, it's ridiculous. Obviously, Rodgers is health first and foremost. The success of the Jets, right? I don't believe they can be a playoff team. You think they can be. I I don't think they can be. But they may go out there and try to get another quarterback to add to Zach Wilson to make it more competitive in that locker room, obviously, or on that practice field to get to the starting role. There's also the Packers part of this, right? The Packers were potentially going to get a first-round pick if Rodgers played more than 70% of the snaps, and now they're obviously not going to get that first-round pick in 2024. But it makes it look like a good decision by the Green Bay Packers to move on from Aaron Rodgers, doesn't it? Absolutely. Based on how Jordan Love played on Sunday and based on what happened, I mean, a 40-year-old quarterback – you know that you're getting closer to the end than the beginning. It's a very difficult day for uh, – not a very difficult day. Brian Gutekunst, the general manager of the Green Bay Packers, and Matt LaFleur 
if I'm them, I am grouping up together, I'm getting with our PR team, and I'm saying, how are we handling this? Because you do not in any way, shape, or form want to come off like, see, I told you, you don't want to do that. You want to have the best wishes to Rodgers and then move on to your team. You want to stay away from that Yeah, altogether. they can't do that, but we can do that. Right, That's a part I know. of our job. Like, we can talk about the how the timing being fortuitous, them moving off of Aaron Rodgers yes. and deciding to go with your love. Think about the contract and how they had to work that in order to even trade Aaron Rodgers. I mean, you're talking about the guy having over $100 million in guaranteed money still left on the deal. Yeah. And they were able to find a way to work a trade that made sense, allow them to move their program forward with a guy that they took in the first round back in 2020. That guy plays well, throws three touchdown passes against a division rival in week one, and Aaron Rodgers, four snaps into week one, is out. More likely than not, out for the season. But the crazy part is if the Aaron Rodgers that we saw this offseason, that everybody was celebrating rightfully so, was in Green Bay, they probably never would have traded him. Because I don't believe it was as much about football as it was just they didn't want to be around him well, anymore. he didn't want to be there either. Exactly. So he couldn't have been that guy like he is right now. In addition, you look at that AFC East, that is a difficult division as it is. The Dolphins looked unbelievable on Sunday. The Bills, the, the sneaky part of this that, that we're not going to talk about as much today because it's freaking Aaron Rodgers maybe done for the season. And as we're maybe possibly alluding to, questioning whether or not he ever comes back. Well, the Bills lost that game last night without Aaron Rodgers. That's a horrible loss. And New England, we came in yesterday and said, well, they played pretty well in a loss against Philly. They can look at this and say, hey, maybe we have some life. The, the ripple effects of this one injury is unbelievable around the league right now. Well, yeah, but uh, what this does is tells me that the AFC East is the Dolphins to lose. Based on what we saw in week one, the AFC East – is Miami's to lose. As long as Tua can stay healthy, this is the most explosive offense in the division. It's the most explosive offense in the National Football League, and I think their defense will come around. Vic Fangio ain't going to allow a lot of teams to hang 34 points on them like we saw on Sunday. It was their first time out with all of their personnel on that side of the ball, so there's some things that they have to get worked out. There's new learning there for everybody involved. But the way that Tua played and what we saw from their skill position players, namely Tyreek Hill, this is going to be a hard offense for anybody to stop. And if you get into a track meet, if you get into a shootout, they're going to win that more often than not. So to me, the AFC East belongs to the Miami Dolphins until otherwise notified based on what we saw last night with Aaron Rodgers going down and also what we saw last night with Josh Allen, which is a continuation of what we've seen over the past few years with him. So big picture question right now. You guys are the Jets. You're sitting there in these meetings today. You know that Rodgers is hurt. You know that he has alluded to playing for more than one year with your team, which now you have to look at it probably as being on your team for more than one year, but maybe not playing one, more than one year on your team, right? The second year could actually be his first year play. Do you look at it and say, we have Zach Wilson, we're going to see what he can do, or let's try to build ourselves for a quarterback of the future that we believe in right now because we may now not have that. Like, do you look around the league and say, is there a guy that we could trade for? Is there a free agent we should prep for and kind of go in that direction right now? Yeah, I mean, Kyler Murray is always going to come up in these conversations, right? Because mm-hmm. we believe that the Arizona Cardinals are tanking, although they put up a hell of an effort against the Commanders on Sunday. But that's a team that got rid of Colt McCoy on the eve of the regular season starting, and that was a competent quarterback. And they moved on from him in lieu of Josh Dobbs and Clayton Toon. Doesn't necessarily evoke confidence that that team is trying to do everything that they can to win games. So, With the Kyler Murray of it all, we talked about how he might not get on the field this year because if he gets hurt and he can't pass a physical next March, they would be on the hook for the next three-year salary. Maybe the Arizona Cardinals take this opportunity to look at it, flip Kyler Murray 
to a team that's quarterback needy, a team that's in their championship window right now that's a quote-unquote quarterback away. To me, that's a guy that makes sense. Ev, I know you brought up Kirk Cousins. That's another guy that we should look at, you know, potentially down the line, maybe around the trade deadline if the Vikings are, you know, three or four games below 500, potential opportunity because he's in an expiring contract. But those are all options to me that would significantly bump the Jets' chances of getting close to some semblance of what the the expectations were coming into this season with Rodgers. Anything else is just adding depth to the quarterback room for the sake of having bodies. And I don't think it moves the needle in terms of the prospects of this team. Are you calling Tom Brady? Because I am. Even though he hasn't been preparing in the offseason and he has said repeatedly he is done, done, I'm calling him. Because anybody else on the list, anybody else that they could potentially go out and get – I still feel more comfortable with Tom Brady getting the job done. If you have his number, can you give it to me so I can call him too? <laughs> <laughs> like over and over No, no, and we over want you again. to be here. We don't want you arrested for stalking charges. That's a great Again? Wow. <laughs> for Tom, but I'll just say one thing. If somehow, someway, cap-wise, it could work. If you put Kirk Cousins on the Jets, I actually believe they're Super Bowl contenders again. Yeah. As crazy yeah, as that may true. sound to some people out there, not more so than Rodgers, but if somehow you could just snap your fingers and Kirk Cousins fits salary cap-wise on the New York Jets with this team and that defense, I think they're right back in I that I think Super if you Bowl put an above-average quarterback on this team, that's where they're at. I think any of the above-average quarterbacks that you want to – whether you want to talk about Jared Goff, you want to talk about Kirk Cousins, you want to talk about Jimmy Garoppolo, guys of that ilk, even Kyler Murray, if you put any of those guys – on the Jets, because of how good the skill position players are, because of how good the defense is, they're going to have a chance to make a deep run in the postseason. What do we say? Competent quarterback play. That's competent, all they need. Competent quarterback play. That's all they need. That's Which all they high need. school had Not that. easy to find, though. No. It's, it's harder than you think. <laughs> Not easy to find. <laughs> all right, coming up, is there a QB that makes sense right now for the Jets? We'll get to that next on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. If you're on the course, you know that golf gets so much harder when you're not comfortable. Elevate your game with the Task Performance Clubhouse Collection made with highly technical fabric blends created exclusively for the Task brand. Amazingly soft, lightweight, breathable, durable, and versatile. Task garments keep you fresh and comfortable all day on the course, in the office, or for travel. Task has harnessed the performance attributes of natural materials to deliver better apparel, made better, and for better experiences. The Clubhouse Collection features polos, shorts, pants, and layering pieces in a wide variety of colors and patterns. Task's Clubhouse Collection will have you turning heads on and off the green. The perfect mix of casual and active pieces. The Clubhouse Collection elevates the golf classics through innovative and functional fabrics and design. It's time to step up your game with golf attire that truly makes a difference. Check out Better Now at TaskPerformance.com. Use code SPORTS to get 20% off. That's code SPORTS at TASCPerformance.com. Can you remember the last time you had fun on a bike ride? Electric E-Bikes, the number one seller of e-bikes in America, is here to bring fun and joy back to biking. Their riders routinely say they feel like kids again riding these bikes. And one even said, I'm a 46-year-old man, and I can honestly say I haven't had this much fun on a bike since I was 10 years old. These e-bikes from Electric are fast. They're up to 28 miles per hour. They offer lightweight and foldable e-bikes, so you can easily take them on the go to explore national parks, campgrounds, 
pants, and more. Even if you don't have a truck, trailer, or a bike rack, many of their models will fit in the trunk of a car. They also offer long-range batteries that provide over 65 miles of range so you can explore further and longer. Just head on over to electricebikes.com today and take their bike quiz to find a model that's perfect for your needs. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike Podcast on ESPN Radio. Who's that girl? It's Michelle Smallman. Chris <laughs> Canning. Here she is. Evan Cohen. It is Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance, Series XM Channel 80, ESPN2, ESPNU, where I've got a hoodie on that uh, Small said to me, is that what you're wearing today? I said, oh, God, what happened? I was like, nothing, uh, is something wrong with this hoodie? You gave me, if I, Cece, if somebody gave you the, is that what you're wearing today, would you be nervous about it? Yeah, that? I would feel bad about it. Yeah, I, yeah, I just want to make sure. I would feel aware about it. But, you know, she's in her fashionista mode right now yeah. because it's Fashion Week in New York City. She's seeing all the latest trends, and she's saying that you're – might be a little bit behind the curve, bro. Cece, tell me that you don't look at that hoodie and you're wondering what fabric it's made out of. I'm just wondering. I don't think he's wondering I'm not, the fabric. I'm not wondering the fabric. What's I'm wrong just, with this? I'm just wondering how he's not burning up. Uh, right? Yeah, exactly. All right, yeah. let me let me explain something to you very quickly here. Help me out. Okay? Help me understand. So, so you get to know me a little bit better. Yeah. All I care about is making sure that I don't have three chins on TV. Okay. So if this somehow covers up some of the stuff and like makes it like my chin look a little bit more like I only have one... Then I'm good. So you don't. I'll like wear a winter coat on the beach if so it makes what, me look so thin. So let me ask you this question: Are you worried? Like with a collared shirt, do you feel like it doesn't frame your chin properly? I don't know. We're gonna have to find out. Okay. I'm you just want me asking. to collar it up tomorrow? Yes, no, I'm just asking. I, do. I think oh, we should great. just try it. We should just try it because it's been We've hoodie season hoodies. for you since yeah, we started yeah. the show. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's and it's certainly around. not hoodie season outside. So just try to collar shirt it up. You know, a little polo, something like that, okay. and see how it goes. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Polo or or button down tomorrow. Not not a button down, right? We're not a button down shirt. We're no. not buttoned up no. as a show. We're unsportsmanlike. That's right. I'm wearing yes. a vintage t-shirt. Exactly. You're wearing a sport coat, Smalls. No, it's a little blazer, a little leather action. This t-shirt Th- is my That's mom's. a look. She's got a whole look oh, going on. I right don't want to do the, I'm the golf. I'm wearing these striped I am all pants, though, that my dad told me look like the Hamburglar. So. You look like a referee. Your dad's, just, your dad, your dad, your dad's just a hater. <laughs> your dad's just a hater. <laughs> oh, boy. So, speaking of hater, I want to let you guys in on something about me. Mm. So, I have been accused over all of my years doing radio of being a Josh Allen hater, okay? I don't think he's a big-time quarterback, never have, all right? And um, I am a Josh Allen hater. I'm not going to sit here and lie about this. I just have no faith in Josh Allen at all in a big spot. And last night, the Jets come back and win. They have a punt return touchdown in overtime. And, of course, the biggest story in sports by a mile is Aaron Rodgers, where we're constantly updating you on what's going to happen with his injury. Overshadowed with all of that is that Josh Allen on Monday Night Football in the first game of the season had four turnovers. And we've sat here and we've talked about coaches potentially on the hot seat. And I've brought up Sean McDermott, head coach of the Bills, not because he's not good, but because he may not be good enough. And part of the reason is they have not figured out a way, guys, of limiting these turnovers with Josh Allen. And I will continue to double and triple down. I do not believe that Josh Allen is a Super Bowl winning quarterback because I don't think any quarterback that turns the ball over that much can win a Super Bowl. Well, Brian Dayball found a way to limit the turnovers from Josh Allen, didn't he? I mean, a couple of years ago, you're talking about the guy being able to have, you know, a a situation where he wasn't turning the ball over like it was going out of style. And so I I just wonder how much that impacts things. I also wonder how much Sean McDermott wearing the defensive play caller hat impacts what we saw with his overall game management in the second half because the only way that the Jets could actually get back in that game – was mistakes on the offensive side of the ball for the Buffalo Bills. Which happened. Which is exactly what happened. I mean, the, the thing that raised an eyebrow when we had Mike Tannenbaum on the show in the 6 o'clock hour 
is exactly what he talked about in terms of the strategy that the Bills employed offensively in the second half. Take a listen. Here's the part that bothered me about last night, to be candid, Chris. Why not say, hey, we're only going to lose if Zach Wilson goes the long, hard way. And I know this sounds weird, but almost take the ball out of Josh Allen's hand and say, hey, tonight's not your night. So we're going to run the ball, we're going to punt, and we're only going to lose if Zach Wilson takes him you know, the long way, which maybe they would have been conservative on that drive at 13-13, but they cannot get to where they want to go um, the way he played last night. And, and the guy that knows that more than anybody is Sean because of Sean's defensive background. Yeah, I, I want to double and triple down on this, quadruple down. I don't know how many yeah. downs I could do at this point. Yeah. If I'm the Buffalo Bills and last night happens and I'm looking at this and we're showing on the TV side some of the interceptions on ESPN2 and ESPNU where, oh, it's just same as a punt. Well, no, not when you're interception prone. You can't be the same as a punt guy. But here's what I'm doing if I'm the Buffalo Bills. I'm calling Chris Ballard in Indy and I'm saying, what do you want? What do you want? Tell me what you want. You want a first rounder for Jonathan Taylor? I need to get somebody in here that becomes a focal point of the offense so my play callers understand that Josh Allen cannot be trusted in these moments. I need someone else to be the focal point of this offense. I want Jonathan Taylor on this team. No, I saw some runs from James Cook that were special. I don't know that you need to spend the capital that it takes to bring over a Jonathan Taylor. He would help, but I think the biggest issue with the Buffalo Bills offensively running the football has been the offensive line, and that has to get better. But also the play calling. Like, we can't let the play callers off the hook. Ken Dorsey has got to find a way to be better. Going back to 2020, when Brian Daybowl was the offensive coordinator, Josh Allen accounted for 45 touchdowns to 10 interceptions. Last year, the dude had 23 turnovers in 18 games, including seven in the red zone. Something has got to play, with, something has got to change with the play calling, the sequences of play, sequencing of plays. If you know your quarterback is turnover prone, maybe don't drop back 49 times in a game. I gave the stat over the last couple of years, when Josh Allen drops back 50 or more times, the team is 2-6 and six, and his QBR drops a full 10 points. Last night, 49 dropbacks. I'm not surprised when you become that one-dimensional against one of the best defenses, if not the best defense in the National Football League, bad things are going to happen, which is why, for the life of me, I don't get why Sean McDermott didn't run the ball damn near every play in the second half. It was a 10-point deficit for the Jets at halftime. It might as well have been a million because it didn't feel like their offense was going to be able to sustain drives. But you know what changes that? The defense getting some takeaways, getting some energy, creating extra possessions in short fields, and then Zach Wilson, Brees Hall, and Garrett Wilson were able to put together just enough plays to capitalize on those miscues. Those types of things can't happen. If you're a real championship contender, Mm -hmm. you can't leave the door open for a team that is on their backup quarterback. You just can't do it. I don't believe in them. Smalls, you believe in the Bills right now? Absolutely not. They had such an opportunity last night. We've been talking about every other team in the division, really, except for the, the Bills this offseason. It seems like they kind of flew under the radar. The most we talked about the Bills really was, can Josh Allen minimize the turnovers? Yep. And what's going on with he and Stephon Diggs? What's yep. going on with the 10? Or How do you think that relationship is going to be moving forward? Can't imagine it was great in the locker room last night. Can't imagine that Stephon Diggs was pleased. The other thing we talked about is, has their Super Bowl window closed? We weren't talking about the Bills in the glowing terms that we were talking about the New York Jets. And they had a huge opportunity last night with Aaron Rodgers out that place was deflated we were all deflated watching it at home they had a real opportunity to exert themselves last night and instead it was more of the same not only did they lose the game Josh Allen four turnovers he matches his career how you had it CC 84 turnovers in 78 games since his debut it's the most in the NFL at this point 
it feels like we know who Josh Allen is. He's an outstanding quarterback who has a problem. He he also, by the way, 0-5 in overtime games. Yeah. It seems like in the big moments, Josh Allen just can't deliver. I don't want to pretend that the sky is falling because it feels like the next couple of games are a soft spot to land for the Buffalo Bills. Yeah. But if Josh Allen keeps turning the ball over the way that he did in last night's game, is this a playoff team? No. Is this a playoff no, team? No, I've been no. saying for, for the from the beginning of the year, I've been saying, I don't think New England's going to finish in last place, which means someone else has to. Now, the Jets are the obvious choice right now, but this is the thing. We, we're acting as if this is new for Josh Allen. Nothing that happened last night, guys, is new. No. This is who he is. When someone shows you who they are, believe them. Josh Allen is so turnover-prone that it's no longer that I'm being accused of being a hater. I'm realistic about this guy. He is going to potentially beat his own team with these turnovers. We have to acknowledge that this guy cannot keep the ball in the hands of his receivers because he's constantly turning the ball over. And no big-time Super Bowl winning quarterback that a team is built around. I don't mean the Trent Dilfer's, Brad Johnson's of the world. I'm saying when you're building a team around a quarterback, we have never seen in their prime a team win a Super Bowl with a guy turn the ball over like this. This is who he is. Coming up, we're going to answer one question, though. How you feeling? Next on Sportsmanlike, ESPN Radio. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you're on a business trip, you know what goes completely off the rails? Your workout routine, especially when you book a hotel that doesn't have a gym. So what ends up happening is you do a few push-ups and sit-ups in your room, run around the block, or just skip it entirely. Lame. If you just stay at La Quinta by Wyndham, you'll discover there's a fully equipped fitness center at every location. Now you can wake up and power your buys and tries the right way or de-stress with some cardio. The choice is yours. Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Stats and analytics. Whatever, nerd. Not here. Give it to me from your gut. Deep down inside. This is How You Feeling. All right, let's do it. It's Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Sirius XM Channel 80, ESPN2, ESPNU, presented by Progressive Insurance. Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen, how you feeling? That's a simple question. I'm going to give you a team. We all say, how you feeling about that team? I'm feeling better than Jets fans right now. Oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> I, I do. Jets fans did have a moment of happiness last night. They did. Amongst they did. their, or amidst their sadness. Yeah. All right, Smalls, how you feeling about the Giants? 0-1 teams all across the board. How you feeling about the Giants? I don't know if there's any... Fan base is feeling worse about their team after week one than the Giants. After overperforming last year, you felt positive about this year. To get blown out 40 to nothing on Sunday Night Football at home, you can't be feeling great about the Giants. Yeah, it was a historically bad opening start. Matter of fact, the worst opening start for a Giants-Cowboys game. You lost by 40. There have only been four season openers where the margin of victory has been 40 or more, and the Giants are on that side of history. It was the largest blowout win to start a season for the Dallas Cowboys. So, yeah, it's all bad for the New York Giants. And on top of that, 
the volume is getting louder around whether or not the Giants have a quarterback, and that's not the time you want to have a conversation after he just signed a four-year, $160 million contract with $80 million guaranteed. So it's all bad for the New York Giants, and I'm not sure how it gets much better from here. They better hope that they go out to Arizona and get a win. I hate to call a Week 2 matchup a must-win scenario, but that's exactly what it is for the New York Giants. If I'm a Giants fan, how am I feeling? I'm feeling actually positive. You know why? I got the Cardinals this week, and I hate the Jets, and they're more miserable than I am right now if I'm a Giants fan. Smalls, how are you feeling about the Steelers after getting blown out by the Niners? Also not that great. There was a lot of positive momentum around the Steelers this offseason. A lot of people thought that they would be a surprise team, that Kenny Pickett would be a surprise. I know top to bottom the San Francisco 49ers are one of the best teams in the NFL, but still you expect more from the Steelers in that game. Yeah, I don't feel great about it, and the reason might surprise a lot of people. It's not about what I saw on the offensive end. It's what I saw on the defensive end. Cam Hayward is going to miss significant time with a groin injury. Patrick Peterson was getting cooked by Brandon Ayuk. Don't know the state of that secondary. It seems like it's just T.J. Watt and a bunch of other guys right now for the foreseeable future, and that doesn't bode well in terms of that defense being able to hold opposing offenses down while Kenny Pickett and company get up to speed and and find a way to get in the groove. So, yeah, I don't feel good about the Pittsburgh Steelers now. The one saving grace that they have is that they have a top three coach in the NFL in Mike Tomlin that's never finished below 500 in 16 years of being a head coach. That is exactly right. I'm feeling about the Steelers like I hope I have a dental plan because Mike Tomlin's ready to kick my teeth out, like he said (laughs) over the weekend. So I better have good dental if I'm with the Steelers because if I don't shape up, my teeth are coming out because he is awesome. Mike Tomlin. Smalls, how are you feeling about the 0-1 Bengals? I feel good. I don't feel great because you certainly don't want to lose your opener, especially to a division rival. But the Browns have had Joe Burrow's number. It's been unbelievable how the Browns have performed against Joe Burrow. Plus, he didn't play in the offseason. We've seen the Bengals get off to slow starts before. I'm not concerned about them in the least bit. Yeah, Joe Burrow didn't practice in the preseason, and they started slow the last couple of years. 0-2 last year, they made it to the AFC Championship game. Two years ago, started 3-2 and and made it to the Super Bowl. So I'm not panicked, and neither are Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals. I think this is a situation situation where they're going to get off to a slow start because their quarterback is still trying to get up to speed when it comes to dealing with actual game speed. But the Cincinnati Bengals will be fine. They'll be in the playoffs. Okay. I was talking to our buddy Mo Edgar, and I'm going to be on his show later today in Cincinnati, ESPN 1530. And I would like to reference one of the all-time great songs, Sync Pop. It doesn't matter about the car I drive or the ice around my neck. All that matters is you recognize it's all about respect. This is the Cincinnati Bengals team with Joe Burrow as a quarterback. It doesn't matter that they got their butts kicked against the Browns. They started 0-2 last year. If you don't buy into Joe Burrow, something's wrong with you, not the Bengals. So, I understand that it looked bad, but it's Joe Burrow. Come on. Smalls, how you feeling? Oh, go ahead. Also, if we're keeping it about respect, the Cleveland Browns are legit. That defense was amazing in that game. Deshaun Watson... Uh, certainly looks more like the guy we expected him to be. And Nick Chubb was great in that game, too. So it's not so much how I feel about the Bengals as I feel better about the Browns after you, that game. You know what's amazing? I read the lyrics and still got them wrong. All right, next. Uh, how are <laughs> you feeling about the 0-1 Patriots, Smalls? Better. You said there's it's a moral victory. 
I think the fact that they were able – I thought they were going to win that game. I'm watching that game. I thought they were going to be able to come out and beat the Eagles. I feel better about the Patriots than I did entering that game. Their defense is legit. Do I think that they are going to be a force to be reckoned with come playoff time? No. Do I think they're going to be better than I expected and that Mac Jones will be better than I expected? Yes. I don't feel great about them because they didn't cover, and we picked them in our pick-up <laughs> challenge, and we ended up losing. It was four and a half. All you had to do was not lose by more than four and a half, you had and you lose job. by half a point more. I I was disgusted by it. But in all seriousness, no, I'm not panicking about the Patriots because their defense is going to keep them in a lot of games. And Bill O'Brien and Mac Jones have made magic happen together once we were down in Alabama. And it feels like they're recapturing some of that, albeit a small sample size in week one. So I feel good about the status of the New England Patriots because I think we're going to get a different version of Mac Jones than what we saw last year. I feel pathetic and good simultaneously about the Patriots. Let me explain. <laughs> As a Pats fan, I feel pathetic that I'm now in moral victory season. Like, that shouldn't be happening. But at the same time, they play with arguably the best team in the NFC. They stop them defensively, right? I mean, obviously the Pats were great defensively. And I agree with CeCe. There's signs of life with Mac Jones and Bill O'Brien. Smalls, how are you feeling about the 0-1 Bears? Not great. Not great about the Bears. We thought that we were going to see Justin Fields take another step. They brought in DJ Moore for him to do just that with the arm. He struggled to get anything going versus the Packers. One touchdown, two turnovers. He's 0-5 in his career against Green Bay with nine turnovers. And I don't want to overreact on one game, especially a division game. But you just expected to see much more from Justin Fields than the Bears in the opener. Yeah, I don't feel great about it either. There were some throws that Justin Fields has got to hit. I mean, sometimes you got to hit your back foot and get the ball out on time. There were guys sitting down in zones, DJ Moore, Darnell Mooney, and he was missing those throws. But let's not gloss over the fact that the offensive line was not improved as we thought they would be mm-hmm. after this offseason. Braxton Jones, who was in his second year, he was a rookie last year, who overachieved. It feels like he's coming back down to earth. The guy accounted for four total penalties, two false starts and two holding penalties. Absolutely drive killers. Put your team behind schedule, behind the eight ball, and that allows the pass rush for the Packers and opposing defenses to tee off on Justin Fields, who has been the most contacted quarterback since he's come into the NFL. So I don't feel great about Justin Fields and where the Chicago Bears are headed, and I hope that that dude makes it through the season healthy. I mean, you have to overreact. I mean, you guys said it all. You said it all with ESPN 1000 and the Bears. Uh, we have them, a great station there that we're on. We love yeah. it. I'm worried. I'm thinking if I'm a Bears fan today and I'm the Bears organization, did we get this wrong? Is he not the guy? I'm not saying I'm wrong in general, CeCe. What I'm saying is how you feeling? You don't go to the place mentally of maybe Justin Fields isn't the guy? How do you not go there? I go to the place of this franchise can't develop quarterbacks. Well, then he's not going to be the guy. There's a reason why they haven't had a quarterback that's considered a franchise guy since Sid Luckman. A guy that CC played against. Wow. Wow. (laughs) Even though he's younger (laughs) than me. Such a bad guy. But I'm just saying, (laughs) think about it. They have not been able to develop quarterbacks. And Justin Fields is just the latest in a long line of organizational failures around young signal callers, and those guys don't end up realizing their full potential. All right, two more. How you feeling? Let's go quickly here. Smalls, how you feeling about the Vikings? Also not great. Not great. I think that we're seeing the window close in real time. I know we got to keep it moving. Yeah, I don't feel great about the Vikings either. They can't rush the passer. Only two hits on on Baker Mayfield in Sunday's game. Daniil Hunter had one sack. It's him and everybody else when it comes to pass rushes. And if you can't rush the passer, you're not going to win a lot of games in this league. If I'm the Vikings, I feel embarrassed that I lost to the Bucks and Baker Mayfield was talking trash that I'm not big enough to tackle him. How are you feeling, Smalls, about the Broncos? Not great at all. 
<laughs> Not great at all. Wasn't feeling great heading into the season. Sean Payton's supposed to do the reclamation project on Russell Wilson. And what did we say? See, out of them, conservative play. What, what was the highlight? No turnovers? We didn't really feel great about what we saw out of Russell Wilson in game one. Yeah, Sean Payton opening the season with the surprise onside kick. The surprise onside kick in the Super Bowl against the Colts ends up being one of his signature moments. Well, it might be end up being a tone setter for the Broncos and not in a good way. And Russell Wilson, he's not going to impress me being checked on Charlie. Only 4.1 air yards per pass attempt. That just ain't good enough to win games in the National Football League. I feel good. You know, my, my preseason top three MVP with Russell Wilson didn't turn the ball over. We're feeling good. When you're throwing it to running backs more than wide receivers, you are not going to win MVP. The Jets are 1-0, but their season may be over. We'll get to that coming up. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Are you tired of uncomfortable, stuffy clothing when you're on the move? Task Performance is here to revolutionize your active lifestyle. Crafted with their innovative organic cotton and bamboo fabric blend, Task Performance's Carrollton Collection is Task's all-time most popular active wear. Task Carrollton Collection is breathable, moisture-wicking, and provides USPF 50-plus sun protection, keeping you fresh, cool, and comfortable all day long. Task has harnessed the natural performance qualities of bamboo to deliver amazingly soft and durable apparel produced in an ethical and sustainable manner. Whether you're hitting the gym or on the trail, the golf course, traveling, the office, or just around town, Task Carrollton Collection will help you feel better, move better, and live better. Available in dozens of colors. See what better looks like at taskperformance.com. Use code SPORTS to get 20% off. That's code SPORTS at TASCperformance.com. Task, creating the most comfortable performance apparel on the planet. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. It's Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance, Sirius XM Channel 80, ESPN2, ESPNU. Along with Chris Canty, Michelle Smallman, Evan Cohen, with you on the morning after as significant a piece of sports news as you're ever going to have from an on-field perspective, Monday Night Football, first game of the year, Jets and Bills. We've been hyping it up all offseason. You got the Manning cast last night, and Aaron Rodgers, four plays into this game, goes down with an injury, an Achilles injury. That's all we know right now. Every report, every comment from Robert Sala, the head coach of the Jets, has given us the indication that, as Jay-Z says, grand opening, grand closing, because it does not seem like Aaron Rodgers is going to be able to play much football this year if at all, if you're watching on the ESPN2, ESPNU side, we show the video of him getting tackled in kind of the uh, Achilles area. Oh, you know what? I just saw something saw that I did not right? see previously. I was looking at his ankle the whole time. If you watch this video, unfortunately, closely, you see the pop. Okay, CeCe's now you looking away. Calf. I think he just vomited. You, see, uh, the you see the cat. I did not see. Th- I've watched this replay maybe 20 times, and I've so not seen I. that No, yet. Adam Schefter talked about it at halftime, yeah. how the calf reverberated in the video, and that's a telltale sign that you're dealing with a significant lower leg injury, whether it's your calf tearing or you're popping your Achilles. And so I think that is why a lot of social media doctors – 
feared the worst when it came to Aaron Rodgers, you know, Achilles injury being a concern. And, and I think that's what Rob Sala was intimating in his post-game press conference. So now what's next for the Jets is the big question. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like this is the moment where you have to rally around Zach Wilson. You did draft this guy with the second overall pick once upon a time. You took him over guys like Trey Lance, like Mac Jones, like Justin Fields. You wonder if he can do enough, if he can provide competent quarterback play to support the defense in the running game that's around him. Last night, what he did was enough, especially in the second half. He did make some throws. I mean, he threw a nice dig route on third down to Alan Lazard. There were a couple that he zipped in there to Garrett Wilson. Uh, The touchdown grab by Garrett Wilson was just absolutely insane, the way that he backhand tipped it to himself and then caught it a third time while he was on the ground. was just unbelievable. But that just speaks to the talent that's around Zach Wilson. He doesn't have to win the game with every throw. He just has to avoid losing the game. And the interception that he threw to Matt Milano, those types of plays can't happen. Not if the Jets want to get to where they want to go, which is ending the longest playoff drought in North American team sports. But you didn't feel like he was enough to get you where you needed to go, which is why you went out and acquired Aaron Rodgers. Now, I know he's had um, an interesting offseason sitting behind Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers mentoring him. He's got different weapons around him this go-around, but... If you are the Jets, you certainly want to see what you have in Zach Wilson, but it's not an ideal situation, to say the least. Well, this is where I counter that, Smalls, because I think about if another team had a quarterback injury, right? Another significant quarterback injury. And we were looking around and we said, okay, where can they go to replace that quarterback? I actually think Zach Wilson's name would be brought up because there would be the thought process of, well, Aaron Rodgers is going to play every single snap if he's healthy, and if he's not healthy, their season's over anyway. So would the Jets consider moving Zach Wilson at any given point prior to this for some value in return that they could maybe use for something else, whatever it may be? So I think Zach Wilson would be another team's option if their quarterback got hurt. You're looking at a backup quarterback who's had time as a starter in this league, not very successful, but he's had time as a starter in this league. He's in his early 20s. He was the second overall pick. At one point, they thought he was going to be great, and I think the maturity level is night and day from what it was a year ago based on just being around Rodgers and realizing, oh, that's how you do this stuff. I didn't know that. And I, I still would not go out there unless somehow, some way, which is not happening, they can get Tom Brady. Zach Wilson's my guy. Zach Wilson is my guy. If I'm the New York Jets, I have not heard an option this morning, not from Mike Tannenbaum or any of us or anybody out there that makes more sense to me than Zach Wilson as the starting quarterback for the Jets. Well, the general manager and the head coach have been adamant all all season long that they believe in Zach Wilson still. And Rob Sala reiterated that point last night. Now, we'll see what happens if they run into a stretch during the season when they're losing two or three games or something similar to what happened at the end of last season where they lost six in a row. But I think this is an opportunity for Zach Wilson that's unexpected that he has to take advantage of in order to try to save his career mortality as a starting quarterback in the NFL. You can't ask for a better tailor-made situation (laughs) with the pieces around you if you're Zach Wilson. So this is a chance to resurrect your career. Can you capitalize on it? Remains to be seen. But just based on the talent level of the the team around him with the pedigree of the quarterback – I don't think it's a foregone conclusion that the Jets can't be in the mix for a playoff spot. I'm not saying the Jets are going to make make the playoffs. I'm not saying they're going to win the division like I predicted before the season, before the Aaron Rodgers injury. What I'm saying is the defense is good enough to keep them in games and give them a chance. Can their quarterback take advantage of the opportunities that the defense creates for them? Listen, the Buffalo Bills – They were believed to be one of the most prolific offenses coming into this season, a top-five offense with a top-five quarterback. 
That Jets defense held them to 16 points and had four takeaways. That is a legitimate defense if they can continue to play at that level, and there's no reason to think they can't. All Zach Wilson has to do is give them competent quarterback play, and this team will be in the mix for a playoff spot. And Aaron Rodgers is still going to be around. I also wonder how that's going to benefit Zach Wilson this season, having Aaron Rodgers on the sideline, having him mentor him. We saw it in the preseason when Aaron Rodgers was telling him what to look for, calling plays in his ear. He has that relationship with him, and that's only going to give him more confidence to be able to say to Aaron Rodgers, what are you seeing? Tell me where I should go from here. So I, I think that that's something to look at as well. That's a fascinating assumption. You may be right on that. You also may be wrong. He may be so brokenhearted right now. He's like, I'm going back to the cave. I'm going to California. Like, I can't deal with it. I can't believe this just happened to me. So he may or may not be around. Everything he's done so far has been indicating that he will be around. I, I think the Zach Wilson thing. Hold on. Hold on. Yeah. I think we need to put, put a pin in that because I want to go back to that. And, and it's interesting that you think it's, it's up for debate. And I think it is a question that needs to be answered because that's going to frame how we feel about Zach Wilson moving forward. But if you're Aaron Rodgers, you're not going to be on the field this year. What's the way to affect your legacy in a positive way? Uh-huh. Be around for the kid in Zach Wilson. You were around for your teammates all offseason long. Remember in OTAs when he had the calf injury originally? He was there at practice helping guys understand Nathaniel Hackett's offense. Remember, Randall Cobb was thinking about retiring. He came out of retirement for Aaron Rodgers. You can't abandon your teammates just because the season didn't go the way you wanted it to go for yourself. So this is one of those telltales on whether or not the growth that we've seen from Rodgers from an intangible standpoint, from a leadership standpoint, is real versus all for show. This is when we see it. When, when you're faced with this adversity, when, you, when you're not going to be able to achieve your own individual uh, goals, can you still be the consummate professional and a consummate teammate? I think that's going to determine a lot of what we get from Zach Wilson moving forward. Agreed. And I think the thing with Zach Wilson is I could summarize it in one sentence. In years past, he had to be great. This year, he just has to be good. There's a big difference. Yeah. There is a big difference. Zach Wilson had to be the franchise. Zach Wilson just has to stabilize the franchise right now. And there are, it's so much different, I would assume, to be the guy that has to be the franchise quarterback forever versus just the guy that gets you to Rodgers coming back. Can he come back? We'll find out next. It's Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.